Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A laugh rings out and brings her back to cigarette smoke, brass and cider their first evening together in the moon underwater. I'm Robbie Knox and I'm the landlord of the Moon Underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Oh, Dan, how are you, Dan? I'm very well, thanks. Parched. Parched? Yeah. Well, let me pour you a pint of the usual. Thank you very much. Lager. Yes. Yes. Uh, have you been this week? Good, yes, thanks. I went down the Japanese gardens this week. Oh. Have you been down there? Oh, obviously. I'm, I'm yeah. Barely a day goes by. How yeah. was it? Well, it's nice because it, um, it was the one day of the year where they let you go fishing for the koi carp. Right. Yeah. Catch any? I did. Went home. Fried it up. You're allowed to take them. Are you? It's only one day a year. Okay. You feel a bit guilty because they're a bit pretty to eat. Yeah. Tasty? But a bit bony. bit bony. Yeah. Okay. But, um, no, it's nice. Oh, fair yeah. Enough, fair enough. Oh, you'll have to come next year. I you know what? I, 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 I've got to be honest. I overheard your conversation in the pub last night. Oh, did you? Yep. Yep. And I, I, something I didn't know about you, I overheard there. Mm. I had no idea that you used to work for the Lancashire Tourist Board. <laughs> I've done a lot of jobs in my life. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I was planning a trip up there, so I was wondering if you could just give me your top three attractions in Lancashire that I should go yeah. to. Yeah, of course I can. Um, well, number one is obviously the uh, Old Trafford uh, Cricket uh, Stadium. Is that, in? that is in Lancashire. Is it in Lancashire? Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah. Well, that's where Lancashire play, so I assume okay. it must be in Lancashire. It'd be odd if it's in a different county. It's not in Manchester, isn't it? Yeah. It's own... Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, that's what Lancashire play. So okay. it's part of the Lancashire so count- Tourist okay, Board. Okay. So, well, the Tourist yeah. Board covers the cricket yeah. wherever they play. Go okay. Sit, number two is go and sit in the Jimmy Anderson end at Old Trafford. Right. To enjoy the game. Okay. Anything in Lancashire? And the third thing, the third thing in Lancashire that I would heartily recommend is is just get out in the country roads and. Get out there and just yeah. feel the nature. If I had to go to like a couple of like towns or cities in Lancashire, what yep. would you recommend? What would you recommend I went Lancashire. to? Lancashire. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously. I mean, you, you work for the tourist board. Uh, Wigan is a nice place, and yeah. um, and Oldham. Okay, yeah, that's good because a lot of people, that's the good thing about talking to someone from yeah, the tourist yeah, board because yeah. a lot of the time people go for the obvious ones like Blackpool and stuff like that. Yeah. But but no, you've 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 picked I don't Wigan. Like, I don't like Blackpool. Do you not? Uh, you know, that's why they employed me, was oh, because everyone kept going on about Blackpool, and I said there's more to Lancashire than Blackpool. Wigan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, sorry to interrupt you, Dan. <laughs> Who is that doing a BMX wheelie into the moon underwater? Oh. It's the broadcaster, Sean Keevely. Sean, how oh. are you? Oh, thanks Speaking for of us. Lancashire. Speaking very much of Lancashire. Oh, Greater Manchester, as much of it has been redesignated now. So, yeah. and I don't, oh. I don't really know. I no. mean, you're coming to the wrong person. I, I've never worked with Lancashire Tourist Board like Dan. Um, <laughs> and so I don't, they redrew the boundaries about 30 years ago. Right. 
pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. You know? But I still say I, I, I consider myself a Lancastrian. Yeah. You know? But the, I agree with you about Blackpool. It's, it's rough. Yeah, it's oh, nice. let me retract that. It's it's a beautiful and historical city with some fantastic parts to it. But I think, as you rightly said, it, perhaps people dwell on it a bit too much. Yeah. My, Stop going on about it. Yeah, that's what I said. My mother-in-law lives in Cleveley, which is just north of Blackpool. So I go oh. to Blackpool with the kids, and the kids love it. It's a great, fun yeah. place to end the day. I have no interest in going out in the evening there. No. no. It's no. a bit scary. I, I, I remember once, it took my, when my boys were young, we went to the tower and there's a, an aquarium in it mm -hmm. and we went we went to the aquarium and there's sort of sharks swimming above you and everything it's all very exciting and um a kid uh, uh, somebody was going into the aquarium with the sharks and there was a lady on the microphone saying and you don't have to worry i know people think that you know sharks are killers they're not they're not actually more people are killed every year <laughs> by falling coconuts than they are sharks. And my, my, my boy Wilf at the time was about two and he sort of looked at me and he was like, can coconuts kill you, Dad? <laughs> yeah. So that started off a whole phobia yeah. to this day. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you're in a shark tank, it's not going to be the coconuts that are going to get you there. So it's very much situation dependent, isn't it? And if, and, if, and if they've got one of those sort of tubes like in Jaws 4, it's not going to be a coconut that <laughs> repeatedly swims against it no. until it smashes so that it can eat you. No. I, don't, I don't remember Jaws 4. Yeah. I think I might have gone. The one off. with Michael Caine. I think I might have lost the Jaws franchise by yeah. then. I mean, it's... When Michael Caine plays the shark, I remember it now. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll tell you bloody what, I'm going to bloody eat you and I'm going to bloody enjoy it. Remember it. It's a great role for him. <laughs> Yeah. Sean, yeah. we're here to talk pubs. I know from listening to you on the radio for many years that you are a man who enjoys a pub. Yeah. Is that fair? It's really fair. <laughs> Overly fair. It's so on the nose. <laughs> and um, it's a bit of a, it's a genuine concern to me that the, the amount of people who uh, is, think that I'm sort of synonymous with pub dwelling for some reason. <laughs> and and I, I maybe, it, maybe it's because when I, I used to do a radio program, that a whole, the last, a whole last hour on a Friday, we pretended it was a pub. The open arms, and so perhaps that's that might be it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it logically. Um, yeah. What were your first experiences of pubs growing up? I love this. So, um, re I mean, I would say that my first proper memory of of that kind of establishment uh, it was the Bond Street Catholic Club, not Bond Street Central London, a completely different Bond Street in Lee, Lancashire. Stroke Greater Manchester, um, you know, like a sort of labour, well, you know, like a sort of a working men's type club. Um, my grandfather used to be the secretary of it. So that was a, a bit of a hub for, you know, sort of parents and uncles and aunties who've got a huge family. So the first sort of memory that I have is that classic 70s kid memory of being left outside in the, in the car, which might have been a Woolsey at the time. Um, or a Ford Anglia or something, and every so often my dad would pop out with a bottle of Coke and a packet of salt and vinegar crisps. Yeah. You know, it was one of those classic things. We did, he didn't do that very often, to be fair to the lad. But um, I'll bring you a crisp. He didn't. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just leave, <laughs> you know, even on a hot day, he'd leave the windows up. You know, it's amazing I'm still here. Um, he, he wasn't that much of a pub goer, my dad. You know, really. To be again, I don't want to cast him as uh, somebody who was often in the pub. But apart from that, when I was a bit older. Um, there was a pub called the Village Inn, and it's it's no longer there. It's very sad. Like many of our childhood memories, it's been raised to the ground and turned into Bellware Homes, I think. But it was it was gorgeous. It, it, it was sort of um, you walk through the fields, and uh, you emerge on this dirt track, and there was the Village Inn, oh. and it had a lovely, it had a huge uh, beer garden, with a, and I still remember it a sort of a, a red sort of climbing frame. And every so often, my parents would go there with me and me and our kid. I'd sometimes we'd meet up with my aunties and uncles. And, you know, again, it was the, the pop, the crisps, and the climbing on the red climbing frame, you know, on, on, a, on a nice hot summer's day, you know, sort of trapping wasps under the pint pots. Were, were kids not allowed in pubs then? Because I seem to have vague memories of not being allowed in pubs. What was the what, what was the, the rule? Was it, just, it, I wasn't allowed in pubs, or was it generally the case? It was. I think you're right. I think it really was quite a, a lot more of a stricture then, wasn't it? it mm. Like, of course, now, 
and I'm sure there's much debate to this day. Keep them out, for God's sake, they're ruining the vibe. You know, or, oh, it should be more inclusive, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I sit on the fence on that one, you know, because I've got children of my own who have been annoying people for, for quite some time now in pubs. But, because, um, you know, since the smoking ban. But that was it, of course, back in the 80s, especially, the 70s and 80s, everybody was puffing away. Yeah. And it just, it was kind of, even if it wasn't, a, 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 like a, a, an actual rule. It was kind of a, an unwritten rule a lot of the time, wasn't it? You don't really bring your kids in. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't like there were gastro pubs in the 80s. No. It, that wasn't a thing. You know, it might was get a chips. You might if you're lucky, you know, Plowman's lunch. But yeah, you know, outside on a hot day, you yeah. were allowed to sit out there. And that was really exciting. Yeah. What about when you started? Going to pubs for drinking purposes. When would that have been? Ooh. And we're in a safe space here. You oh. don't have to say eighteen. God, I mean, it, this is it. I mean, like, literally, no one has said. No one has told eighteen. I was eighteen, and then on my birthday, I decided to have my first sip of alcohol. <laughs> God, I loved it. <laughs> Boddingtons. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bit earlier than that. Because because that's it. When I think about it, it's in. It's literally in the blood. I mean, not only in a sort of blowing this bag sort of way, but. My granddad, again, the the one I was just talking about, when I think when he was a kid, and my uncle Alf, that my great grandparents ran a pub for a while, so it's it's there, mm, you know what yeah. I mean. So it, it's it's sort of all it's all twisted into, and I, you know I'm basically an Irish Catholic, so it's in the blood. So the taste was there, and we got into music pretty young, and my first proper memory of going to the pub was when I was about 15 which is the age my eldest is now which is terrifying <laughs> um, and we'd go to places like the Stag's Head in Dean near Bolton and we'd get about three buzzes and we'd all go there me and my mates and we'd watch um, this prog rock band called Jadis Gaz Chandler was the lead singer guitarist we were very impressed and uh, <laughs> and I would I would get John Harris who was the singer of our band who was a couple of years older than me to buy me a, a pilsner and lime, and you know, I'd have a, I'd have a couple of pilsner and limes. I wouldn't go mad, but that was my, that was really my, my. That was when I started, not not regularly drinking, but but you know, getting your eye in, getting your eye in. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I do remember my uncle Ken, who subsequently became landlord in a lot of pubs, which we might get onto. We, me and my other uncle Paul, we went watching this gig. This boring guitarist whose name I can't remember in Manchester and we came back to this pub called the Boathouse on the way home in Astley I was again I was about just 15 and they had a pint and they were like do you want a pint and I was like yeah <laughs> yeah what do you want of oh, a pint of uh, Labatt's of a pint of Labatt's <laughs> I still remember it like you know the gassiest most unpleasant acidic acrid lager <laughs> and, I, and, and they were in a rush as well. They were just a quick pint before they got home to the, you know. And I was like trying to chug this pint. It's amazing I wasn't sick all over the body. <laughs> so yeah, those those were the sort of first, the entry moments. You mentioned your eldest is at the age you were when you started going to pubs. Have they shown any signs of pub interest? Because it doesn't seem it's quite the same no, now. It's not, is it? It's in, in it, I don't know what you guys found, but like... It's really interesting, isn't it? And and a lot of it's positive, I suppose. Um, but I I pathetically find it a bit. I'm a bit sad about it in a way. I kind of almost wish that he that not yet. I mean, 15's a bit young to be sort of you know chomping on the orbit and pretending that you haven't had six pints of snake bite. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> mother and father. <laughs> How are you? I've just been out of the library. What a nice time in the park with you, start. I'm just going to be sick because I've got a stomach bug. Yeah, all that. You know, oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't ring any alarm bells. But they don't, they, they don't, do they? The, the, the youth, of, you know, this particular <laughs> strata of them don't seem to be that interested. And, and I did hear, I think it was on, it was a summit on Instagram a few months ago, but it was some young woman talking about it and on a podcast. And she was saying, my generation don't, really drink no and it, and and people say oh it's because you're vain it's because you want to be insta fabulous and you want to keep your figure and she was like it's not that it's because we feel like we're a sur surveilled generation like everything is captured on everything's filmed yeah. everything's snapchatted you can't just go out and get bollocks and be sick mm. on yourself without it being all over everybody at school knowing or everybody at college 
And I thought, oh, that's a bit sad, you know, a bit of a yeah, shame because yeah. we could just, I mean, obviously nobody knows what terrible, awful exploits we got up to because it was before the invention of cameras mm. or yeah. steam. Yeah, I mean, I, there was, <laughs> I just quickly, it's been, I've been thinking about telling the story for a long time, but it sort of Here fits in. Brilliant. Once, I'm excited for this. Once we, we went to our local pub, I'm not going to say who I was with, and uh Good friend of mine, and um, we were... maybe it's because you're name dropping, but no, no, he might be called, yeah, yeah, no, Stephen he's... Tyler, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was Don't there, yeah, we were 18 and we we're at a pub and local pub, and we got to closing time and we said, Oh, do you do takeaway drinks? And he was really dismissed, quite rude to us, actually. We'd been behaving, we'd only been in there for one or two pints, we had it's not like we been shouting you know we were well-behaved young men yeah of 18 and um quite rude and sort of gets put a flea in our ear and you know said closing time get out sort of thing and we uh we went home we were chuntering about it went back to my friend's house chuntering about it and his parents were away and then, and then i don't know who thought of it but we said oh we should get our revenge so we went back to the pub and we you know that the the a-shaped signs they have outside which yeah. might say Sunday yeah. lunch we nicked both of them and then my friend had a a large bonfire in the back garden <laughs> oh no and we we burned God. this them. story's much worse than I yeah, thought yeah yeah we burned them and took pictures oh, God. <laughs> of <laughs> standing in front of the fire with you could see the name I'm going to say the name <laughs> You can see the name of the pub Up in flames. on the on the board, yeah, God. like behind us. That's psychopathic. We, yeah, and then and then we because they sort of, didn't wouldn't give you takeaway drink because they were because they because were of their rude. attitude because they were rude. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, but after we'd done it all, we all went. Oh, that was a bit much, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, yes, it, it was. was. Like we, we, it's like we sort of just whipped each other up. It's not something any of us would normally. We were really good lads like yeah. it's not something oh you know it's not something i would yeah. normally do yeah yeah loads of arson and uh, <laughs> yeah and uh we forgot about it and then and then a few months later my friend realized that i don't know whether he did it and he'd forgot or someone else in the family had taken the role to be oh no <laughs> like to max spielman or somewhere yeah to you know to like to be developed to be developed oh. And he was like, oh, God, he was, he was panicking <laughs> for like, you know, take, take, you know, they took a week, didn't it? So it's like a week of going, what if they see that reported to the police? Because <laughs> the name of the pub was there. Fortunately, that, that didn't happen. But he showed us a picture. I mean, it was quite a demonic picture. Good God. I yeah. Think he used to have a picture. I think he, he might have it. Yeah, oh, he might have, have it. That. Yeah, I'll Worst see if I can things get that it. you've done, yeah. you know, when you've been kicked out of a pub. I mean, it's, I've never, I've never taken revenge on on that scale. <laughs> yeah, though. I'm not no. proud of myself. Only really you and Jeffrey Dahmer do things like that, <laughs> isn't it? Really? Um, have, did you ever get in any any sort of scrapes of the law when you were younger, or any sort of behaviour of that like, ilk? Well, you know, not. I mean, a, a bit like you. I was like a pretty good kid, really, for the most part. You know, quite a compliant person. It was only when I became older I became more thorny and difficult and anti-establishment like you know like a sort of firebrand maverick that i am now um but when i was a kid i wasn't like that but we we were in we had our band that uh, the uh influential but little known post-punk band mosque that we were all in and um one night i remember we decided that we needed to do a, a poster campaign for our for an upcoming gig you know so we um, went around to uh, next doors we ne necked a bottle of Glenfiddich between us for a bit of Dutch courage, and then out we went, you know, with the po with the posters and with the you know the sort of roller and all the the the, the paste, and we we got about seven or eight up, and uh, and we got busted by the cops, the fuzz, <laughs> the filth, the fez. They were they were all over us like a cheap suit, uh, you know. It was all it was like the Sweeney. Uh, I was Screaming. I was I was chased down the the side of Romino's Pizza Place. Uh, held up against the wall. I, actually, that bit didn't happen. I'm just elaborating. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, what, the bit that I remember is is um, I, th I think that <laughs> our arms and John and Lee, everybody else scarpered, and I got sort of caught. And um, that always happens. One always gets caught. Yeah, with, with everybody else holding, goes. Holding yeah, that's paste. it. Red-handed, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. paste-handed. And uh, I remember talking to the the policeman. He was like, 
come here. He was still in the car and he's leaning out the window. <laughs> and he went, um, what, what's your name? And all this, Sean Keevney. And I think I was being a bit James Dean to begin with because I was still a bit drunk, a bit rebel without a clue. And uh, <laughs> he, he went, um, and what, what, did your mum know you're out? Because I must have been, I was about 16, I suppose, at this time. And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, and he went, and he looked at me and he went, and you don't care either, do you? <laughs> Like, like I was a proper miscreant, yeah. you know. And that was the moment. I, you know, I, I was nearly crying then. I was like, I mean, she was, she'd be really upset. <laughs> and, and then he was like, get in the back, taking you home. And, and and it was funny, you know, he was driving us back and there was a police car coming this way. And he was like, doing this to the guy. We've got him. <laughs> like thumb in the back, you know, we've got the, we've got the bastard. Um, so that was, that was about the closest I got oh, to. And he pulled up outside the house in the car. Dropped me off. But you know, he didn't knock on the door. No, he didn't do any of that. Oh, okay. God. I, oh God! Do you remember my dad know that? Well, they'll soon find out. Yeah, uh, it <laughs> was that was 1989. Um, don't think I've had that many scrapes with the law, alcohol-wise, since then, though. Yeah, it's good. I've never had any alcohol-related scrapes with the law. I don't think. I the closest I came to any form of bad behaviour as a child was um, when we had we had these big. The farmer's field near us, there was like the big, you know, the round hay bales, not the square ones, yeah, the massive yeah. ones. Yeah. We used to try and like climb on those and see how far you could roll, stay on oh, it while they rolled cool. down, yeah. which definitely would mean someone would then fall underneath and just get run over by one. Um, but what we didn't realise, we were doing this, then we sort of just fall over and everyone would laugh. We didn't realise these things were going down and just smashing into a fence at the bottom of the field. So <laughs> they would, it was only after we'd done this for a while, we looked around and went, Oh, that fence has absolutely been destroyed by these things. So that was Will, that. More willful damage. Yeah. yeah. Well, not willful. Willless. Un unwillful. Yeah. Un unwilled. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a real agri, agri crime, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very it's a rural. huge problem in rural get, areas. I live in yeah. Norwich now. That would get on look east. <laughs> yeah. i get about a 20-minute feature yeah. if that happened now. Uh, of course it would, because someone would have Instagrammed the whole yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Filmed, put yeah. a funny bit of music underneath it. <laughs> well, we'd yeah. like to get on to um, designing your pub, Sean. But first of all, Dan, would you like to explain your bell to Sean? I've got a bell here, Sean. Oh, lovely. That's nice, lovely bell, it? isn't it? Yep. Shiny on the end. If you hear that ring, mm. that means that one of your choices will materialise oh, mysteriously God. on the bar in front of us. <gasps> you don't have to drink it. Don't have to drink it. You can take it home with you. Yeah. You can look at it. You can drink it. You can do what you want. I've not, dri I've not driven here, though. So you've not driven either. I'm not currently doing dry jam. So... Okay. Exciting. Brilliant. Oh, well, Something to look forward to. Now I'm thrilled. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, Dan, I hope, for I hope explaining picked, your hope bell. you've picked things that you like. Sometimes people pick things that they don't like because it's got a good story attached. Well, that's their, their fault. And what you, what you pick, I mean, the bell picks. The bell picks. The bell. No, no, they pick something. Oh, yeah, and the bell the, materializes. The things that they pick and then the bell picks the... Right, okay. Pick. You're not involved in things materializing. It's not. Right. I can't remember it's what magical. I picked now, so it'll be a lovely surprise. Yeah, yeah. Or not. Oh, yeah, or not. Yeah. Well, I hope you remember at least something, Sean, because it's time to pick your draft choices. Mm. What is your first choice on draft? The first, I think I remember that the first choice was Theakston's XB. Yeah. Um, which just brings back so many memories for me, because if you're talking pubs for, for me, you, as we've already established, started pretty young um and it wasn't my entire network of northern mates were all to a lesser or greater extent beer enthusiasts stroke monsters i suppose you might have said back in the day you know um in fact one of them my, my friend damien doherty is he's such an enthusiast he he now runs like his own mini brewery he's got a quite a responsible job but he's he do, he he makes these emperor emperor's brewery uh, stouts and ales and things. He's he's really he's really good. He gets yeah. very high marks from oh, the, yes. the people in the know. But yeah, so we were all very much obsessed with beer. And one of the first things that we didn't we we were within fifteen miles of the Hacienda, for instance, when when it was all kicking off. We were massively into the Stone Roses and New Order and all the Manchester bands. You know, Happy Mondays. But it never occurred to us to go to the Hacienda. It just never occurred to us, even though it was like a thirty-four <laughs> bus away. It was just felt like it was a different, it was a culture we weren't part of for some reason. And, you know, we couldn't get excessive. I love no money in <laughs> Lee. Uh, we really couldn't. Um, so what instead we would do is we we would form bands and play in pubs. Um, and we'd invite our friends and we'd charge a quid on the door. 
and then we get drunk on the local beers. You know what I mean? Uh, but then some the, the for a holiday sometimes, some of us would go camping in the lakes. And we'd specifically go to this place called Outgate, which is near sort of Ambleside, Hawkshead. And we'd set our tents up and then there would be this pilgrimage, this sort of hour-long walk through the cow fields to a pub called The Outgate, which I'm, I don't know if it's there or not anymore. I've tried to find it and it feels mythical now. When I go back to where I thought it was, it's not there. And it makes oh. me feel it's a bit Narnia-y. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure it was here. <laughs> um, but it's not here now. Um, but then we were drinking a lot. Looking around, going, "What's <laughs> <laughs> happened?" Um, and we would go, and you know, we would drink an awful lot of session bitter, um, and 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 that was that was a holiday, you know. But but the Theakstons XB, all those kind of slightly high, slightly higher than a, a normal session brew ABV. Yeah, four and, you and know, a half percent. Four and a half, yep. but not balloon juice. You know, that you'd always get some hubristic drinkers would then start going into things like Old Peculiar. Right. And then they'd have two or three of those, and then it's like, oh, where's Don gone? We've not seen him for an hour. <laughs> He's been sick in the toilet, so we're going to have to, you know, rescue him. So that, but that that's the sort of memory for me. It's like the, the Lake District is, is my ultimate happy place. So going to a... Like a pub, like the the Golden Rule in Ambleside or somewhere like that, drinking a, a pint like that, and just you know a packet of salt and vinegar peanuts, yeah. uh, you know a decent walk. I mean, it's, that's what it's all about. It's car scales you were generally having at that time, rather than lagers and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, a part of it, obviously the Labats would put you yeah. off, you know. Mm. Uh, and it, it was before it was before that I I remember anyway the advent of. You know, obviously, you probably had Stella, didn't you? Or you'd have bottles of Holston pills. There's a lot of Beck's around in those days, wasn't it? I remember the. I remember the. My first, my entry level with Beck's was the 1990 World Cup, and we. I remember we we you know we we bought like four bottles of Beck's each for the semi final. Yeah. You know, and we, we, that's that's the great, which you know it all went sour, of course, very quickly, but um, but yeah, it was mostly Cascales, yeah. This spoke to me because this was genuinely, it, this was, first time I drank this was in the pub, very close to the one I talked about at the top of the show, where we, we never did anything nasty to that pub. It was the first beer I ever liked. Ah. I didn't like, because I tried a bit like you with Labatt's, I tried lager, didn't really yeah. like it. And we went to that pub, same friend, and he said, oh, try this, try this, six and six B. I was like, oh, that's quite nice. It was the first one, so it's a real... And I, I hardly ever see it, but it's it's a little bit it's a little bit mythical to me. There's always a very special place yeah. in my heart because it's. I went, oh no, oh this is what people are talking about yeah. when they talk about that beer that they like. I finally <laughs> understood it because I wasn't really drinking anything at the time because I just didn't like it. So much bad beer, you know, mm. and, and like back in the I guess in the seventies and eighties, it was like really like stones bitter and stuff, wasn't it? Really, really horrible yeah. stuff. And that you're right. That's that might be one of the first ones that you you're not having to choke down, holding your nose. You know, I remember with my first ever girlfriend, she used to be in a brass band. It was very much like brassed off, you know. <laughs> and honestly, we used to it, it, we'd have to wake up at five o'clock on a Sunday morning, like so many times during the year to go to brass band competitions at the house end of nowhere. But there was one in Mass. I think isn't it called Massam in Yorkshire where they brew Theakstons. And there was this, yes, it was like right. the nerve center of Theakstons. And me and her dad, JD, still a mate of mine, we were like, Mash him, yeah. this is unbelievable. We, I'm afraid we, we might miss the competition. You know, we were just like <laughs> numerous pints in, you know, by about one o'clock in the afternoon. It's fantastic. But great, great, great memories. The bits that I can remember. They're the... I think there's only two breweries left that still have a cooperage. Do you know what a cooperage is? Are they the, the pigeons no. that make the barrels? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that at all, yeah. So, so they still make barrels? They still make them. And when you get... Um, uh, when you get made from a... Um, what is it? From a, uh, an apprentice cooper, Yeah. you become the next thing as a journeyman cooper, like a barrel maker, right? And they have a thing called a trussing in ceremony, which obviously they're just doing it now for PR and stuff, yeah. obviously. But they did a video of it. 
So they get this guy, this young guy, and it starts with the ringing of the axes, which involves they they make a fifty-four gallon cask, and then they put him in the barrel <laughs> in front did. of all family and friends. Mission done, and, then they, and then they pour. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, then they all bang on the planks to make to finish it off. It's like it's quite scary. And then they pour over him um <laughs> old yeast, oak shavings and beer slop. So it is like a sort of okay, beery yeah. tar and feathery. And like, they I, set fire to it. I read it. <laughs> I read it and I thought that doesn't sound nice. And I watched it, it was like twenty times worse than I imagined. It oh, looked really, really disgusting. Because all the all the like hops just sort of stuck to him. And then they just roll the barrel around with him in it, and then they and then do that for a bit, and then he gets up and he's covered in all that shit, and then they and then they fire him, and then immediately rehire him back as, oh, as on the promoter. If you nice. don't get rehired back, right? yeah, yeah. that's ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> that should get an HR, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been it's had quite, that done to me. That's interesting. Yeah, that I saw story. um, I, I was at Wild Beer Company once, and they had like all the barrels they age beers in and stuff like that, and they. Let's show the guy taking them apart and all that. It's fascinating. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, Sean, what is going to accompany Thixton at your pub? Well, I mean, you know, you've got a cater for all tastes, you know. Um, so <laughs> you've got the bitter on there. And the only other drink, really, uh, that you really need is a crisp and refreshing export lager. So I'm I'm putting a Peroni on. Oh, nice. Why Peroni? Well, I like it. I do like good it. Reason. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only real reason of this, isn't it? That was big things I don't like. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Sean. <laughs> um, but I do. I love it. I, I mean, maybe I'm going off it a bit, actually. No, I shouldn't say that because you never know. They might hear this and say, well, here's a £200,000 and a two years supply of Peroni. Yeah. Sponsor your podcast. But um, I, I do love it. Um, but perhaps, perhaps I'm, it's it, it's perhaps reminding me of a of a slightly earlier time in my life, maybe. You know that sort of mid to late noughties into you know the last ten years. Um, I've, I've got a lot of again vague memories of because you know often when you you're in you're out in pubs, especially in London, you're not always going to get a great pint of anything else. You're not always going to get a great pint of draft cascale you know timmy taylor landlord's a great one. Oh yeah but it's not Big always fan. good sometimes it's a bit ropey same with guinness but you know so i think peroni's a, a really good reliable go-to sort of i don't know much about football but you know like maybe a sort of brian robson uh style you know reliable you know you know what you're gonna get um sort of secure fizzy strong oh my god i've had four pints and now 
I'm completely arsehole. Yeah. You know, that yeah, kind yeah. of drink, isn't it? It does feel quite early noughties, doesn't it? Probably. Mm. I reckon. Mm. I don't know it why. probably is. Yeah. probably was about then, wasn't it? Quite that it popular. was really popular. I reckon I could have... I could have listened to some garage music whilst <laughs> having a Peroni. I could listen to um, a little bit of luck. Oh yeah, MC, yeah. MC, yeah. MC, MC, DJ Luck DJ and MC Neat. Yeah, there you go. That was yeah. it. You reminded me of like one of the first times I came. I'm a real late bloomer on everything, but I remember being about 23 and coming visit. We came to visit our mate Darren, who lived in London, and uh, we went to some club somewhere. God knows what it was. Not a proper club. It was like maybe like an indie club or something, somewhere down in Soho, and 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 all they would sell was cans of Red Stripe, you know, and Lathers like us. We just weren't used to this. It was really odd. And I remember it was two pound fifty a can, and I was like, "You must be fucking joking! Two pound fifty a can? This is ridiculous. I've only got a tenner. I can't get pissed on this. This is ridiculous." But you know, obviously, as I moved up the uh, the greasy pole of society, I eventually became a man of means and could get could spend as much money as I wanted of my disposable income on Red getting sp- on pissed on very expensive Peroni. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I remember going to. I wasn't a. I was more of an indie club man than a nightclub. Surprise me, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and I went to, but for some reason, we went to home nightclub in. Leicester Square, which like this new super club. There's a few around the time sort of Fabric was opening, all those ones. There are a few of them opening up in London. I went there midweek for some reason, I can't remember why. And they had they sold Bex and it was three pounds fifty. And I remember thinking, that is disgusting. No one is gonna ever pay. No, I drank one bottle of Bex and then (laughs) Yeah. I paid three pounds fifty for it. So it's immense though. How how quickly we it's not just beer, obviously, cost of living for everything. But how quickly you get used to it, you just, you yeah. just, and I guess that's that's what big companies rely on. That is their own. Like, I'm not, no fucking way, I'm paying that. Yeah. But at, all, at the same time, I'm alcohol dependent, <laughs> and so I actually <laughs> will got, pay got it. You got me there. But yeah, I mean that was it. Like back in the old, like being in sixth form and getting bussed out to nightclubs like Mr. Smith's in Warrington, you know. And uh, whilst a lot of other teenagers would have been taking nefarious drugs, we didn't do that. But yeah, that's a, a horrible memory of like four pounds a, for a plastic carton of Carlsberg mm, or something yeah. and feeling like, feeling disgusted with yourself. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. No, you're trapped. And we'd always hear stories like if you went to a nightclub in Ibiza, a water was like 25 pounds yeah. or something like, well, I'm not just not going to go then. I'll just stay in London Astoria. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We know how to live. Um, I think you're right about the 2000s, though, for the for right. the heyday. Because right, I, yeah. I didn't remember this. I had no recollection of this. But they relaunched their bottle with a new sleeker neck. And they actually Ooh. paid to have a shop uh, in Sloan Square wow. where literally it, it was dubbed Emporio Peroni. And it was so exclusive that no one was allowed inside, and it was literally just a, a, a bottle of Peroni on a on a on a pedestal on a sort of thing just inside. What? And it had yeah. And the uh, export manager said, "Emporio Peroni will create intrigue and excitement amongst shoppers and beer drinkers alike." <laughs> Those just... two people are different. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That's another yeah. way of saying this is for men and women. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Oh, I love that. They're, they're, this has moved on a bit in time now. Now they're trying to use like codes <laughs> yes. to say what it is. Yeah, shoppers Absolutely. and beer drinkers. Yeah, and I saw a picture, and it was they had a security man outside, and it was literally a small shop with oh, a bottle of Peroni inside, and you, no one could go in. That's an. I think that's an interesting point in beer in in beer history though. Yeah. Is when you get the you get the marketers coming in, you know, because in the seventies into the eighties, obviously, you had the great adverts. You know, tell everybody was watching television. Twenty million people watching Coronation Street or something. It was it was the heyday, but in some ways it was in its infancy, wasn't it? It was a bit unsophisticated in some places, but when when the ad men started really getting the teeth into to beer and like Guinness adverts being the obvious example that was it was kind of art what they did wasn't it but I always found it funny what they did what they tried to do with Stella Artois you know and to this day you know Stella Artois you know not this idea that the Belgian beer for ingredients is so sophisticated you know you drink it from the chalice the chalice and it's like 
that's not my experience of Stella Artois. My experience of Stella is like being out in Wigan somewhere and some guy smashing his chalice into some other guy's face, you know, after eight pints of it. It's a little bit less sophisticated than what you than what you're trying to portray, you know. Four cans for six pounds on the train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's more than five. Blue bag of cans on the train. Yeah. You know. But there was a time, wasn't there, when when beer adverts went from comedy to trying to make yeah. it look cool. Yeah. yeah, around that that sort of era, I guess. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We do a we we've got a we do a sort of weekly radio show, a Patreon show, uh, Community Garden Radio. But we have what I started to do for some reason was find uh, old eighties foreign uh, lager ads because they've got great songs attached to them. There's a great oh, one that the. the, the, the so this uh, the San Miguel one's brilliant. Uh, it's just really to see <laughs> see San Miguel. It's really brilliant. I still remember that. And there's an Estrella one which is just oh off the chart. But you may, you must remember the Skull advert from the eighties. Yeah, Skull, Skull, Skull. Yeah, skull. yeah. yeah. So that but that's it. It was that moment from going from silly to yeah. serious and sexy. Follow the bear. That was the yeah, yeah. low and bright. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that yeah, was it. Yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, great days. Memories, mm. memories, memories. Um, Sean, you've presented a breakfast show for many a year. Mm. That throws out your body clock yeah, a little bit. Yeah, big time. A lot of people will finish work and go to the pub. Did you ever finish work and go to the pub <laughs> on a breakfast show? Well, oh, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I, what, <laughs> there is definitely, um, and again, I'm letting myself down here. Or, or exposing myself as the enthusiastic drinker that I am, who won't let something as trifling as getting up at five a.m. get in the way of a good drink. Because <laughs> um, I remember when I took that took that show in two thousand and seven, I said to all my friends, "This is great." Because I tell you what, we'll do. Um, we'll have afternoon beers. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. It'll be great. It's not going to stop me in my tracks. Turns out that. We had a kid about a year after that, so that stopped everything mm. anyway. But like, that never happened either because actually you need a nap at that time yeah. of the day. Um, but more often than not, it was the other end. So especially about 10 or 11 years ago, for all kinds of reasons, I was, I, I, I sort of had a, a second summer of love there. I was <laughs> went back into hedonism for a couple of years and um, there was a lot of, let's go to the Mercury Music Prize and basically stay out all night and then oh, go nice. and present the breakfast show. Oh, wow. And that, that, it probably only happened in reality about maybe a handful of times. But I've definitely got, again, quite hazy memories. I remember once there was a, a Mercury Phoenix Trust, which is the Freddie Mercury charity, aid charity. They had this massive party. And uh, me and my old mate, Matt Everett, went both stonking queen fans anyway and um, it was a hot day i remember this and i was dressed as freddie mercury um uh, you know it, it you know the sort of live aid period vest actual mustache i really went f like full method and uh it started i remember it started at 6 p.m and we walked through the doors and the first thing that happened was this lady gave us shots of vodka oh wow and it was at that moment that's setting the tone it is it? isn't it yeah we realized at that point that the next day's show was going to be interesting, you know. But we, we, what we found was, was there, there's a real line in the sand that if you are going to do that, and this is my advice to younger people, I wouldn't do this now. If you're going to present, do something important in the morning, I don't mean if you're a Security Council UN or something like that, or a tractor driver. I'm yeah. talking about if you present, you know. Surgeon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, perhaps not Magdi Yaku. <laughs> But um, that's an old reference. Yeah, it's very good. Um, but, you know, if you're presenting a show, go all in or don't go at all. You know, there's nothing worse than having five or six pints, going to bed at 11, half past 11, getting up at five o'clock, tired. You've not, there's no fun in you. Mm. Whereas if you stay up till three o'clock in the morning, have 90 minutes sleep and then go on air, it's, the the, oh. the result is, is, if not hilarious, very interesting. <laughs> you know and, and always worth a listen you know but very rarely would i go out after except there was one time i remember we were we were nominated for a loaded laughter award i remember 2013 i'll never forget it and i was i'd never won anything in my entire life apart from a key ring when i was eight 
And uh, I thought, this is it. I'm finally going to, we're hitting the big time here. We're going to get a, a, an award. And uh, as soon as we got to this place in East London, it was like, right, we're going to crack on with these awards. We're going to be hitting the bar very, very shortly. And um, bloody Greg James, it was the, it was the first award of the, of, and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was up against Greg James and he bloody well won it. And oh, I was there then, it was at half past 11 in the morning. The only thing I could do was get absolutely bladdered. So yeah. that was perhaps the only time that I was so wantonly irresponsible. And then I just went out all afternoon, just like posting up posters. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are, I think people in the public eye are often more drunk than you think they are. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like people, like I've, I've been out with, I've been with a friend who's a journalist who's then been phoned up and asked to give an opinion on something, but he's been absolutely hammered. Really? He's done a live thing on Radio 5. I won't name yeah, who he is. Um, <laughs> will you, will no. you write the name down on a piece of paper for later for I'll, us? I, I, will, I will tell you when we finish. Oh, right. I um, love this. Uh, but yeah, he, um, and also my friend, I, I won't name this person either, either but this, this other friend um, works for a, um, a right-wing newspaper right. and was, for, was uh, at the Carlton Club, the big home of the Conservative Party and all this sort of stuff. And, and he... Um, he he was there, and Michael Howard, the former leader of the Conservative Party, was there, and he was absolutely hammered during the day talking to him, um, and he was abusing my friend because he had a beard. Like this was only a few years ago, like three years ago. It's not that it wasn't, it wasn't an outrageous time to have a beard. But he was going, "You're too scruffy. You should be in here with a beard." Just like, hammering him for like, and to the, beyond the point where it was like, "Okay, yeah. fine." It was like just constantly, "Hey, go shave your beard." Okay, I right, get it, Michael. And then he said. Um, he said, Michael Howard went out and he, he somebody, I don't know if he saw, saw the TV or something, but he basically had gone out the car club and then was on the news outside doing some quite high end thing. Yeah, I don't know whether the story's probably censored by the podcast, but that's yeah. ridiculous. So, so, so think, people can function on quite a high level when they need to yeah. after having had a skin for We had the brilliant comedian Susie Ruffle on, on the Daily Grind a few weeks ago and she was talking about how when she thought she'd had a night off and she was out getting drunk with a friend and she was like a bottle and a half of a wine, of wine down and the, then she got a, a text saying why you're supposed to be on in 15 minutes why are you not here she'd forgotten that she was supposed to be doing a gig oh, and she managed to get there and do the gig but she was so drunk that she was sick into somebody's acoustic <laughs> guitar <laughs> So that, you know, that it can happen. It can happen. Can happen, can't it? Yeah. It's not happened Easily. to me yet, but it probably will. Easily done. Sean, you get uh, two bottles or cans right. for uh, your pub. What's going to be your first choice? Okay. Well, this is a bit retro, this one, but it does bring back great memories. That's why I've chosen McEwen's Export. You've not. I'm so excited. Oh I don't believe it. Out comes, out comes the bell. Where did the moon underwater get this from? 1986. I know. It's, this is such a blast I didn't, from the past. I didn't know it still exists. <gasps> did you hear that? There he is. Um, the laughing intake cavalier. of breath then. <gasps> wow, we. We've got four cans. This is exactly how we would have rolled as well yeah. back in like 1988. I noticed the McEwen's export comes with a paper thing, so they've moved. They've, it uh, does. They've moved. Oh, on. that's biodegradable. Yeah, that's good. That's really nice good, touch. isn't it? I mean, what a great drink. I mean, I don't know if I'll agree with myself now when I try it. Oh, okay. we've got a, a proper pint pot. Can I? Can I crack this open? You now? Can, of course, you, you can, can yeah. do whatever you like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna join oh, you. This yeah. is great. I've right. had a McEwen's for a long time. I don't think I've... I'm not sure I've ever had a McEwen's. I, I must have studied Scotland. I think McEwen's was on the bar somewhere when we were at university. No, somewhere had it. Yeah. This is the full Proust Ian Rush, Ooh. this. The Proust Ian Rush for all the Liverpool... <laughs> 80s Liverpool fans out there. So this, right, this... this all this is... It's oh, pure. I that badly. Pure. <laughs> that's, that. That's, that was a bit more lively than I thought it was going to be. Dan's Dan's got head there. Yeah. Um. It's it's probably not that pleasant a drink now because we've got much more sophisticated palates and stuff, and we're used to all kinds of range with craft ales and stuff. But it was a fizzy, strong brown ale. Like this was kind of like uh, the the if you couldn't really afford Newcastle Brown wasn't it? That was what we mm. used to think of it as. 
and we went through a period of necking lots of this, like house parties. I remember going on a geography field trip when in 1987, oh. Jesus. So I was like only just not even 15 yet. And uh, it was so brilliant because in Ambleside, Ambleside Youth Hostel, and we'd spend all day out in field, uh, you know, out in the field, uh, sort of asking shoppers how they got to town, you know, we'd do surveys. Did you drive? Did you come on the train? You know, <laughs> and we took it quite seriously. And then we spent most of the afternoon running about with whoopee cushions, scaring old ladies looking in jewelry, <laughs> looking in jewelry shops because we thought that was funny. But in the evenings, Mr. Mitchell and Mr. Broxholm were brilliant geography teachers in the sense that they were so laissez-faire, they would they just wanted to go to the pub mm. in Ambleside. So they'd get us all in the, the back of the van and they're just driving the town and you're like, get out here, we'll pick you up at 10 o'clock. And uh, they'd piss <laughs> off to the pub and dropped us outside the office. And uh, <laughs> one of us, I can't remember who it was who looked old enough, went in and got a load of beer and McEwen's export. And we just sit on the, the municipal park getting absolutely bladdered. I mean, that's, oh, that's, that's education, isn't it? It is. That is. It's a, All day changed. and in the evening. Yeah. All day, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. I'm going to have a sip of it now. I can't remember how this tastes. It is not a Thigston's XP. It's not good, is it? It's, it's full flavoured, it says in the can. I think that's true. It, it, it's full. It's too full. It needs to, it needs emptying out a bit. It's four and a half percent. I always thought it would be more for some reason. I don't right, know. but you, did you think it was almost like that but that I proper think, balloon juice that gets Yeah, you? I think it was... I think, I, yeah, when something's export, you think oh, it thinks it's gonna be like yeah six, don't you, or something. It's sad. I mean, it, the the other thing that a sixteen year old would always reach for would be the special brew, of course. Yeah. Mm. Um, and if you if you could secure four cans of special brew uh, for a house party, then you knew that you were going to end up, you know, not in hospital, but you were you were you were going to end up in a bad state. Yeah. You know, or, or you were going to have a good night. I went through a point in a sort of slightly um, early 2000s indie ironic way of drinking special brew, sort of like as bringing it along to parties. I'll bring some special brew. That'd be funny. Yeah. But then yeah. you have to drink the special brew, and it's, that's yeah. not funny. It tastes it's like not very nice. you're drinking glue. Yeah. It's terrible stuff. Yeah. This is, I, I, I'm not against this. I could happily it's, drink this. It is Scotland's most popular canned ale. Though, is it, it still? Hasn't been made in Scotland for a long time. Where does it get made it now? It gets then? made now in Bedford. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, that's a disappointment. A lot of them get made in Bedford now. Yeah. Don't they? Well, Red Stripe a... come from Bedford. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I think a lot of them do. Red Stripe comes from Bedford. I think Bedford. so. Imagine that. Jamaica's most popular yeah. lager coming from, from bloody Bedford. Bedford. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things I do like about uh, about this beer, though. On. One is that... Um, so this is just a fact, but it leads on to the thing I like, which <laughs> is uh, by 1889, it was one of the largest breweries in the world, is when they were brewing in Scotland, producing according to the website, a truly magnificent 456 million pints a year. And I started laughing, thinking, oh, they've jumped on the McDonald's bandwagon. But then I was I was finding out about the character on the front. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And this is actually based, this is like a, it is actually based on the famous painting of the Laughing Cavalier. Oh, yeah. He's more laughing on the can than in real life. There's, there's the, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah. Who did that one? It wasn't. And that was by uh, Franz Howells. Tip me, Tom. Sixteen twenty-four. And um, when they were talking about this, this was nineteen thirty-five. When they saw it, this they said the Cavalier character was, uh, and it said it was a hearty, spirited character, a magnificent icon the public will love. So actually, I think the whole "let's put Mook at the front of everything" ah. was done was by them first. before McDonald's. Oh. They They've got a legal case where there's a blame well, as a Maybe claim. they have. That's a, you know what though that brings it right up to date. Really, do you remember the McLibel stuff in the eighties? Yeah. Um, who was the pro bono lawyer representing a lot of the uh, the kids who were standing up against McDonald's? Yeah. It was Sirkia Starmer. Thank you very much. Oh. But there you go. There Mookie, we, go. Mook, we could get him back in. He's not busy, is yeah. he? We <laughs> could get him to, to yeah get McEwen's on get on the McEwen's case. Yeah, but that is it's it's unpleasant. But it... <laughs> no, but listen, I found a Tesco customer that really loves it. 
Is this like him with his, this his is, surveys? This is the reviews on Bookskewing's export. This is the review, and and I, I quite often for beers and stuff, I'm looking for information. It's nice to look at reviews because mm. there's sometimes there's some good stuff in there, and this one has just caught my eye. I'm 70 years old now, and I have drank quite a lot of McEwan's export. I don't want to say too much about this because come the day I don't want replace my beer, and there is none left for me. I drink about four plus per night every night. I have drank this for the last 40 years. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of the sentence, it just collapsed. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's gone onto his fourth can. Yeah, I was going to say, at least four cans yeah, there. Yeah. That's yeah. a proper flat pack sentence, that, isn't it? Really enjoyed it. I think of McEwen's more for their lager. And I think of that because of football shirt sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Rangers and yes. I think Blackburn as well. Yeah, they sponsored a lot of football clubs. Yeah. McEwen's. So lager, it always said, wasn't it? It wasn't just the general McEwen's. Yeah. Yeah, when they say, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they just didn't need to push export because it's doing well. No. And to be fair, I'd never see anyone drinking McKinnon's Lager now, so. This is, I mean, whereas Newcastle Brown, I, I bet, God, I wish I'd said that now, um, <laughs> is, is probably still relatively pal palatable. That's that's not so good. But again, it's it, I am getting so many lovely memories of, you know, sitting on municipal parks, yeah. trying to get off with girls. And failing, you know, just wonderful memories. McEwen's fueled. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, what's joining McEwen's in the world of, of cans or bottles? Well, uh, sort of our local Willsden Green Beer and Burger is an absolute, it's a bloody oasis, right? Because the annoying thing about where we live is that it was uh, apparently something to do with the fact that it used to be Quaker owned. And so it's a bit of a dry state, really. So there aren't any good pubs for, for a, a, quite a long way. Certainly not within staggering distance. It's a shame. But they've, they've got this little beer and burger. You get a nice burger, which you would expect. And you can get lots of nice beer. Fridges and fridges of stuff. I always go to the, the stout section. That's I either like a, a really nice posh export lager, if I'm not having a Peroni, or straight to the stouts and the king of the stouts again i will say that this sounds like product placement on behalf of my mate but it's not is emperor's brewery stouts because if you've not tried them you might not have tried them because it's a it's literally like a, a little cottage industry i've not, you, you, makes it's not almost many. impossible to get hold of them yeah like he when he makes a batch he puts it up on like facebook or something and he says it's literally yeah. it's gone so it's actually really hard. It really is. <laughs> By complete accident, he's sort of created this, um, I suppose it's that supply and demand thing, you know, and, and it, it's getting such a good reputation that more and more people are saying, well, well, why, do, why, why don't you go to make more? And he, he literally can't because he's got a proper job. Um, but you, you've got to give it a try. It's like um, you might be quite better than me at, at naming some of the, he has the he, a lot of it is sort of sci-fi puns. You know, he's got a Kessel, Kessel fan, Run. He's a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. A lot of them are named after, you know, various sort of sci-fi uh, Star Wars related things. At least said about that to Pulp George Lucas, Pulpatine. the better. That's it. Yeah, yeah, there's one of those. But they're all like, the entry levels are around seven and a half, going right. all the way up to about 14%. So you've got to be very careful. The Imperial Stouts. So yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. The Pulpatine, oh, which on. he did with Turning Point. Is described as a peach plum and charred nectarine beach smoked imperial stout. <laughs> that is 12%. That sounds lovely. To it sounds know. really nice. And that retails at 8.90 a can. Yeah. But uh, if you can get it. But you're, you not gonna get be, it. you're not going to be spending a, you're not going to want a lot of that's that. one no, can. No, exactly. Exactly. It's really funny because um, the one I like, I, I love stuff like, you know, chocolate and vanilla. So, you know, I'm yeah. I've got a sweet tooth. And he, he's got a few of these as well. And what I, I like about it is, is that I, on a Friday night, if I'm feeling like a little drink, I'll go and maybe get one or two cans, little bitty cans. And it, it makes me feel like I'm not really having a drink, even though, of course, that's effectively like having a bottle of wine. <laughs> um, I was you know. So I, mean, I think I think my wife's not fully cottoned on to it yet. I hope she doesn't listen because she thinks, oh, she's really cut down on his drinking, Sean. Yeah. When One fact, tiny can yeah. a night. Yeah. Sorry about that. So but, have you got an you've got an in there. So have you got sort of a, a, a channel you can 
Yeah, you, know. you, you want me to you want me to hook you up, don't yeah, you? I yeah. can see that in your eyes now. Definitely. Stout man, yeah, stout man. Yeah, he's. I think that he would really love to go full production at some point, you know. And we're all just hanging on his coattails, you know. Maybe he'll do that Logan Plant thing, wasn't it? Wasn't it Robert Plant's yes. son? Who Beef, uh, Neck Oil and Beef Town, yeah. You know, yeah. I I just think one eye on the main chance, you know. If you know, I've known him for thirty four years. If he if he makes it big, I want shares, you know. I mean, I've, I've bought enough of the stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, but, he says he says, doesn't he? He says, "I'm not a I'm not a brewery. I'm someone who makes beer." Yeah, That's what he says. So, do you do you independently know of you've heard of of Emperor's Brewery before? No, I did sort of. some research. No, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Not... I but I I think I had heard of it. I think I had heard of it, and maybe I've had one at some point because it's when I saw it, I recognised it. It's it's funny how so, I, I saying that in the in the local beer and burger I hadn't mentioned it to them but they were recommending it to me and saying this uh, guy is like so amazing we can't get much of his beer yeah. but it's like if you should try it when you see it it's like he's one of my best mates <laughs> you know like a sad <laughs> I think I can get this beer <laughs> but yeah you, honestly it's what I like about it is it's you don't have to you you can it's it is like having a, a really nice wine or something yeah. you, you know you don't have to drink lots of it you just have a little bit of it and also it, for me because i've got a sweet tooth it's like a dessert and mm. a drink at the same time it's a win-win well i i the bit of the research that i did because I, I was curious about the whole star wars thing and um and i listened to a podcast and he just said oh, I'm, I'm just a star wars fan but he brews from colville yeah in leicestershire which is and he didn't really mention this. And I thought, oh, it must be to do with that because Colville was where um, they made all the Star Wars toys in the 70s. Palatoy. No, were based yeah. there. I did some research. Wow. And they used to make like Action Man and Tiny Tears and all the Star Wars stuff. And there's Ooh. actually a roundabout in uh, Colville. That when you look from a bird's eye yeah. view, it's the Death Star. Like, you were kidding me. Yeah. It's quite cool, oh, wow. actually. They've done that's, and that's incredible. That's to sort of, it doesn't exist anymore, but it's a little nod to oh. their history, you know, because most of the town used to basically make toys. That's what they were there making toys. So well, we they made play doh and play doh and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. God, that's so I thought that was that. it. I thought no. that must be it. But it's just he's just a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I thought so. I went down this whole rabbit hole, watched the whole <laughs> video about that roundabout, thinking, oh, that'll be it. And then and when I heard him talk it. about it, he said, no, I'm just, just like, I'm child in the 70s. I just like Bloody Star Wars. We'll yeah. have to chat with him about it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Terrific. Mm. A couple of great choices there, mm. Sean. Now, Sean, do you enjoy a pub quiz? Yes. Well, good, because Dan's got a pub quiz. Yes. Okay, phones away. Put a gag on Siri. It's quiz time. Elvis's black belt was in karate. I saw it on QI. No half points for saying J.K. Rowling is the lead singer of Jamiroquai. Moira Stewart. No, I'm afraid it was Gordon Honeycomb. My mate Seb did a little pub quiz for us on New Year's Eve, actually. Oh, how'd you oh, get on? Nice. I didn't win. Oh. Uh, the, the worst things about it was he looked onto everybody's Twitters and found out how many posts we'd done, and we are to guess how many posts we'd done since we started on Twitter, now oh. X. And I said, oh, me, about 10,000. Turns out I'd done about 56,000 wow. wow. tweets or something, which is like 11 a day or something, which just makes me disgusted <laughs> in myself. <laughs> no wonder I haven't done anything with my life. Been That's bloody a great tweeting. thing for a quiz, though. Yeah. Yeah. Around, yeah. Hard to do in a pub environment, though, to yeah. research every single person in the pub. Yeah, tricky. No, yeah. you could do how many how many is a famous person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Nice. Have you um? Have you got as well, well thought out a pub quiz, Dan? I have uh, three questions, and Sean, uh, you know, I'd like to say you're a radio broadcasting legend. I suspect oh, you wouldn't like me to say that. No, I, I mean, uh, would you like me to say? You know, bashfulness wouldn't allow yes, it. Yes, exactly. So, um, but I thought radio history. Yeah. Oh, good. Let's do a little quiz on radio history. Right. Three questions. Right. So I'm going to ask them. Have I don't a know think. These either. This is we're yeah, against yeah, each, other. Against each Ooh, other. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're probably the favourite because yeah. So it's my special subject. Wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what wheelhouse is. I don't understand that. No. Is it where? Is it in a it's a place where they make wheels? Yeah, I think probably is. 
watermelon. Yeah. It's not important. Yeah. Yeah. What, is, that, is that one of the questions? <laughs> Do I get yeah, a point for that? It's a wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ask them, have a think. We're going to do the answers in the second All part right. of the pod. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, first one. The first words uttered on BBC Radio 1 were, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to the exciting new sound of Radio 1. But who said them? Question two. Smashy and Nicey were DJ characters created by Harry Enfield and Paul Whitehouse. But what fictional station did they broadcast from? That's a really good one. And you'll know it when you hear it, because I couldn't remember it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And third. Annie Nightingale was Radio 1's first female DJ in 1970, but there wasn't another one added to the roster for another 12 years. Who was it? Good, these are good. I'm going to get none of these. Oh, I thought you'd do well on radio. Such a... I thought you that were quite against tricky radio. Well. So what, was it? what was the last one? Annie Nightingale was... What, yeah, yeah, was the 1970. The next one wasn't... So an next female... DJ was not added till 82. For those of you who are interested, a wheelhouse is a part of a boat or ship serving as a shelter for the person at the wheel. Oh, oh. okay. My wheelhouse. Does that make My sense? My little world. Not really, but that's what it is. So blame the dictionary. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, that brings us to the end of the first half of The Moon Underwater with Sean Keaveney. For those of you who did not support The Moon Underwater on Patreon, if you'd like to subscribe, you can head to moonunderpod.com and sign up to get ad-free extended episodes a day early, a monthly bonus podcast, and access to The Moon Underwater social club on the Facebook. We'll see you soon in part two. We'll continue creating Sean's dream pub. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 